So this podcast is about how families can use what's called a personal care agreement to protect assets from the nursing home spin down. So let me set the stage for you. Paul Rapley here. I'm an estate planning attorney. And one of the greatest fears amongst seniors is they're going to run out of money if they need long-term care. It's expensive. It's thousands of dollars every month. Um, so, you know, most people are aware of the potential problem. And, and most people are also aware that if someone with assets attempts to get assets out of their name to try to qualify for Medicaid, they're typically going to be ineligible for Medicaid for five years after they made that transfer. So there's really a you know challenge out there, particularly at the last minute, on what can what can families do to, to protect these these savings, these assets from the what what I'll call the nursing home spin down. So one of the strategies that we use from time to time is we had take advantage of the Medicaid eligibility manual provisions regarding a personal care agreement. So let me set the stage. Um, let's say um, uh, maybe dad passed away and mom is still at home and you know the family wants mom to stay at home and mom wants to stay at home, but she's her condition is, deteriorating kind of rapidly and the family foresees that they may not be able to take care of mom in the home. So, um, but mom has, mom has assets, mom has savings, mom has money in the bank. And so they're trying to figure out what, what to do. And maybe a child or two or more are, you know, staying with mom, taking care of mom, doing everything they can to keep mom out of the nursing home. So that's a circumstance where we may take advantage of these personal care agreement provisions. And generally what it says is, yes, if um, mom gives away her money, and let's say she has maybe $200,000 in the bank, that's her savings. If she gives that money to her kids, she's going to be ineligible for, for Medicaid um, generally for the next five years. But if the kids are actually taking care of mom and providing some services to mom, then mom can pay the kids, kind of keep the money in the family. And um, these payments to the children are you know, compensation for services that the children provide. And it's not an uncompensated transfer, which would make mom ineligible for Medicaid for five years. Now, know that, you know, everybody tries to skirt the rules. Nobody's successful at it. You can't. You really need to follow the rules. And to follow the rules, you need to get it right ahead of time. Get it right the first time. So I'll talk in a minute about how Medicaid just insists that the right documentation is done ahead of time. And you can't do this stuff retroactively. So let's just get right into it. Um, our Louisiana Medicaid manual defines a personal care agreement. It's, it's a contract that allows an individual, let's take in our case, mom, to pay another person, let's say, for example, daughter or daughters, to provide personal care services. Now, it's very, very clear, and, and so this personal care agreement is valid from a Medicaid standpoint only if all of the following conditions are met. So let's run through those. There's several. 
One is that the agreement has to provide for the provision of reasonable and necessary medical care or assistance, which is not covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private in, uh, insurance. Okay, not too bad there. So maybe daughters are, you know, kind of, they're taking care of mom in the home, they're cooking for her, they're cleaning her, they're taking care of her. That's not stuff that's um, covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. Then another condition is the agreement must be in writing and properly executed prior to the service or assistance being provided. The agreement cannot be applied retroactively to pay for services or assistance that was provided prior to the agreement. That's the one that that uh, bites people when they try to take advantage of this at the last minute. Can't do it. So, you know, I've been asked many, many times, well, Paul, um, I've been taking care of mom, you know, daughter tells me. I've been taking care of mom for the last two years. I moved in with mom to take care of her. Now we're finding about this personal care agreement thing. I took care of her for the last two years. Can't she just go back and pay me for the two years that I was taking care of her, even though, you know, we didn't have one of these agreements in place? Answer's really clear. The answer's really no. So, uh, again, worth repeating the agreement must be in writing and properly executed prior to the service or assistance being provided. Got to have the written agreement prior to daughter providing the service. The agreement cannot be applied retroactively. Couldn't be any clearer. So you got you to gotta do this stuff in advance. Can't do it after the fact. Really, really important you know, provision there. Five more conditions that must be met. The agreement must specify the type, frequency, and time to be spent providing the services or assistance. And pretty much lay that out. Another one, the agreement must provide for payment upon rendering of the services or assistance or within 30 days thereafter. So again, written agreement in advance, kind of a pay-as-you-go kind of deal. Mom pays daughter. It's not an uncompensated transfer. Money stays in the family. Next condition, the agreement must be supported by evidence that payments were made in accordance with the agreement. Probably got to show banking records and other things. Another condition, the caregiver, caregiver cannot be the spouse or parent of the Medicaid applicant or enrollee. So again, can't be a spouse or parent, but is often a child. You know, uh, parent is 80, um, daughter is 50, 55. So it's common for the child to, to be the caregiver for the parent in those circumstances, and that's okay. Last condition says the applicant enrollee, that's, that's mom, or his or her legally authorized representative has the power to modify, revoke, or terminate the agreement. So that's okay too. All right. Um, and then, you know, our rules say that a personal care agreement that fails to contain any of the mandatory provisions is considered to be invalid. So this agreement really has to be written, uh, you know, by an attorney who is versed in these specific Medicaid manual provisions. If you wing it, I can virtually guarantee you it's, it's not going to contain all of the mandatory provisions. But in the manual, they kind of lay it all out for you um, on, you know, what provisions need to be in there. And then it says payments that are not considered to be compensation in accordance with a valid written agreement are transfers without compensation. Boom. That's where they get you. Payment, you know, wasn't considered to be compensation because the personal care agreement was invalid. 
boom, mom made a transfer without compensation. She's ineligible for the next and for Medicaid for the next five years. And then it goes on and on, just a couple of more paragraphs. Um, and let's see if there's anything worth mentioning. Um, that's that's pretty much it. There's there's more to it, but those are the those are the high points as I as I read through the Medicaid manual. So is this applicable in every circumstance? No. Is it applicable when they're trying to keep mom at home? She's got some money. She's got some children, probably daughters, maybe sons, who are spending a lot of time and effort taking care of mom in her home. They're providing, uh, you know, um, legitimate services that mom would have to go, you know, hire out to some of these other companies that that provide people to provide service. And as long as it's there's a, a an agreement in writing, and I realize it's a it's a contract between mom and her daughter. Typically, moms and daughters don't you know don't sign contracts. They just they do things because it's mom mom and daughter. But in this case, to protect the money, there has to be a written agreement or a written contract between I'll call it mom and between her child or children. And, uh, you know, that contract's got to be in place before the services are rendered and before payments are made. So um, be aware that if in, in the right circumstances, it can help uh, families save money. I, I will say that uh, there's, a, there's a tax consequence to this. If mom's going to pay daughter pursuant to a personal care agreement, then, then daughter is going to have to report, you know, that income as, you know, compensation or earned income. Um, on daughter's uh, income tax return. So there's, there's some tax aspects to all of this where if, if mom had made a gift to daughter, that gift to the daughter would not be subject, uh, would not be you know, um, income to daughter. However, it would render mom ineligible for Medicaid you know, for the next five years because it was an uncompensated transfer. So you know, kind of a catch-22 there. So beware of all that. Um, that's just you know one planning strategy. There are many more, um, and you know what the the right way to do it is, you know, get your circumstances together, have a conversation with um, an attorney who understands all of these different nuances of the Medicaid manual and what you can and can't do, and then um, you know have a plan in order to try to protect, you know, what the family has for the family. So hope that helps. If you want to find out more, you can go to our YouTube channel, Rabelais Estate Planning LLC. Subscribe to that. Uh, as of this moment, 150-something videos there. Uh, you can go to our website, RabelaisEstatePlanning.com. Hundreds of blog posts there. Um, if you're in South Louisiana, you can attend one of our events. You can um, perhaps buy my book, amazon.com.com. As of the time of this podcast, we're just a couple of weeks away from having the fourth edition out. That'll be on amazon.com. More books to come. Y'all have a great day. Take care.